And to stick with the relays, I got to go with the U.S. Mix medley relay order as the flop. Um, <laughs> I don't know who – I don't know if they didn't have a calculator or what was going on or if they were just trying to conserve people too well or put people on their who best – made that call? Justify these decisions. And it's simple arithmetic when it boils down to it. Um, you got to put the biggest differences – there and i don't know i just i just couldn't couldn't get it and the tough thing was they all swam well on that relay they all went pretty good times the four people welcome back to the social kick podcast i'm brian lundquist we've got the full crew on both sides of the atlantic ocean meg armitage dr john mullen and luke paddington we are joined digitally and virtually but literally scattered all over the place now so it's been a little while since we've been around, and I think a little while since we've done this, and I think I've been missing it too. So, boys, lady, what are you drinking tonight? Ladies first, go. I'm having a cup of tea because it's 1 a.m. in the morning. Home! <laughs> and for a reminder for everybody, Meg, where are you based? I'm in the UK. I'm in Yorkshire. I just moved back home graduated so i'm just chilling out until i start my journalism course in september oh she graduated up a second yeah up a second all right um, didn't get a graduation ceremony but we're holding out for next year thank you covid but never mind everything cancelled yeah what is up um, i don't even have any idea what that means Upper seconds means like uh, a minus. A I'm not yeah. mansplaining. I'm trying to ask Meg a question. Here, <laughs> Come on, I'm now. It if you go to, yeah, you get like a first, which is like the highest class, like the best band of degree you can get. And there's two one, which is I got, which like other second classes are two one. So there's an upper band and then two two, which is the lower band. Then you can get a third and then it's fail. So I got like the higher band of the second class, which is like, I'm very happy with it. It's what my brother got. So my dad got when he went to uni. I feel like it's quite a, a stable class. So yeah. Congrats. Nice. I'm not complaining. <laughs> All right, John, what's in the glass? Well, I'm uh, staying at my place where all my liquor is stored. So I'm going with my <laughs> most regular drink, Johnny Walker Black. Deal. All right. Luke, what's uh what's up for you tonight? It's a preview of the next topic, but it's a Eastern hazy ipa what's not you know i like my hazies and i've lost a lot of weight since i stopped drinking the he's the new england ipas in last month and this is a 4.9 percent so 4.9 percent hazy ipa that's a good thing yeah that's uh that sounds like a session ipa to be honest oh. well i got a concoction here this is a dos Equis amber uh i borrowed it from a fridge of my second place where i live but i've got a couple others on deck and i think this one you might be familiar with luke the four peaks yeah, IPA. yeah, yeah. totally totally yeah. so but since you teased it luke and for anybody we hadn't recorded in a while we actually sat back and just watched the olympics and were able to revel in all of the guests that we've had on previously and enjoy their performances in part because we love watching the Olympics, but also in part because we have all had some pretty major life uh, changes recently. So, uh, which include some moves, some uh, some accidents. Luke, why don't you start us off and give us a life update? So about a month ago, I 
started on a two-week trip across the United States, uh, going through beautiful Yellowstone and uh, Chicago, what have you. And I brought my two kids, wife, two dogs, fish, and a snail, and three plants to <laughs> New York State. And we ended up in, we bought a house in New York State, and I've moved to a place called Westchester County. So that's where we are. Got a house about two weeks ago and said goodbye to California 15 years. That's it. That's there you go. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, we're all, it's all about moving on to bigger and better things and your tribe stays with you. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. And thankfully doing this thing virtually still works out. There you go. <laughs> Where are you swimming now, Luke? Yes. Next question. I went to I went. They have these towns have these community pools. So I went to my brother's community pool, which is like five pools, diving, kid pool, lap pool, have you, with millions of people who go there and they lounge chairs and stuff. So it's a lap pool. I jumped in a lap pool and I and you know I swam there a couple times. That was it. Some age groupers around me. But there were literally a million of people going back and forth, cloudy water, super chlorinated, um, no flags. Um, but you know, got some in. I've been exercise, I've been doing the dry stuff, not the wet stuff, like walking and running. So. Dry land. Say <laughs> <laughs> it. All right, John, give us the update. Yep. So uh a few weeks ago, my wife and I took uh, her Tesla and drove from San Jose to Washington. So we are now in Washington, or at least sometime in Washington. My wife took a new coaching job. For those who don't know, my wife is a swim coach as well. Um, so we, we moved up to Washington. We're staying with her family while we get our kind of our base and everything settled there. And I am commuting back and forth a few days a week in San Jose and then the rest of the time up in Washington. Um, I got to enjoy the Olympics in Hawaii. One of our good friends, I guess, got married, you could say. They already got married because of COVID, and then they just had a reception out there. So I was um, going for some nice ocean swims and then getting married, uh, not getting married, uh, then watching the Olympics uh, at the hotel room at like 3 p.m., yelling by myself and really <laughs> enjoying it, in all honesty. Um, but that's what I've been up to. Meg, what about you? What's the latest? Um, I mean, yeah, mine's not very exciting. I mean, I moved from Leicester to, to Yorkshire, which is like a two-hour journey. <laughs> which I just moved back into my parents' home. Um, but, yeah, I'm just sort of working, getting some money up, ready to start learning again in September. Um, what are you doing exciting. in September? I did join a master's swimming team, so I have joined you guys in that way. Welcome. <laughs> which yeah, is brilliant because I needed to get properly back into swimming again after not swimming fly in like a year and a half, which is now killing me, but. A year and a half you spent between swimming butterfly. Well, I used to be a butterfly swimmer, but generally I don't understand how, because I mean, I just, I can't do it anymore. I get to like 15 meters and I'm dead. But yeah, like none of the pools would let you, you had to do a sensible stroke. So I couldn't a do butterfly for like a year and a half. <laughs> That's why we did it. All right. That is that's such a British thing. What's so annoying is that my breaststroke is probably messier than my fly. But yeah, that's the most insensible mm -hmm. thing. Sensical. Freestyle, side stroke, backstroke. Sorry, we're Social talking. Are we, oh, I wasn't allowed to do that. No, I just wasn't allowed to do anything. <laughs> it was like 
really nice fun I think I did I went to like a swimming session and I did like with, with one of my friends and we did like quite like a hard like intense freestyle set and someone complained about us because there was no like club swimming going on so you could only go in your own free time so yeah someone complained about us for so swimming too aggressively <laughs> that's the move when I used to swim at like LA fitnesses in grad school It'd be like a two-lane pool. You just like dive in and start sprinting or doing butterflies so the people making out in the lane Make would move, move yeah. to the side and then you can do something actual. Could there be any more British thing than telling people they need to swim more politely, though? <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't even tell you to the, your face, though. They have to go tell the lifeguard and the lifeguard has to come and ask you. I have to say, I've, uh, I was in a public pool in Hong Kong uh, once on a... and. Um, the pool is pretty crowded, long course. There must have been, you know, uh, like at least five to seven people per lane, circle swimming and left to right. Uh, and I remember waiting, like I wanted to do some fast swimming, which was stupid. <laughs> um, I should, that was, that was totally rude of me. Not sensible. But, no, that wasn't sensible at all. But I remember leaving like a, a, I don't know, a 25 or a 30 meter gap in between when I pushed off the wall and the next swimmer. And I went fast and I still ended up catching this person uh, when I, I didn't intend to. And I didn't even see them when I came up on them. And I remember taking a freestyle stroke that went like, I, I felt like it just like went into this guy's gut, like right into his stomach. And like, I could feel my finger just like go into his stomach. <laughs> and then I came up and went, I'm so sorry. And he beat me to it. He was going, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, well, I'm the one who's sorry. I'm the I'm the asshole. <laughs> like, oh, I don't we, we have learned to come to a complete stop when you're swimming. Sometimes I realize swimming's for like 40 years of our life. We can't go full speed and go, and all of a sudden I can have the great reactions to avoid or get out of the way suddenly. Often, but yeah, you can't. But you can't not always. Or jet ski. But Brian, the day I left and I jumped in this car and I drove with my wife and two kids and two dogs and a goldfish and three plants and a snail. The morning I left, you texted me a lovely message, you know, on Instagram. Then you jumped on your bike and? and then I fell off my bike. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was out on a training ride, actually getting ready for, I was having a pretty good triathlon season. I had won my age group at the last race I did and then uh, had qualified for 70.3 Worlds uh, in, in the age group. And I uh, was getting ready to do my next race. I uh, was out for one, a final training ride before the following weekend's race. And uh, was doing some tempo efforts on the bike. And about an hour and 45 minutes into a two-hour-plus ride, uh, I hit something in the road. And uh, it knocked me clear off the bars. And I fell to the ground and um, got lucky that I get hit by a car. But I broke my hip uh, with a, an injury that's pretty uh only happens with like high speed high impact um type of trauma so i uh, took my first ambulance ride to the hospital fortunately some uh bystander cyclists were there to call the ambulance for me uh had to spend a couple days in the hospital before a nine-hour surgery ultimately spent a week in the hospital and um yeah still crutching around but fortunately um you know, I think having coming from a swimming background and an athletic background, healing uh, pretty quickly. And so uh, very happy to be uh, back in the water. I got 
some unexpected, uh, a lot of time with family. I've got a lot of unexpected ability to uh, spend time watching the Olympics, which was awesome. So, uh, and we will spend a little bit more time talking about that. But I have to say while I'm on this, that, uh, you know, when you have trauma happen in your life, you're reminded about who your friends are. Um, and I've been so thankful that a lot of most, the vast majority of my friends, especially here in California, came from uh, the swimming community. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, forever throughout my life, I'll be, uh, you know, that will follow me and it's following each of us as we take these, you know, next steps in, in our lives. Swimming brought us together that we all met through Masters Swimming. And, um, and, uh, and it'll keep us together uh, going forward. So uh, very thankful for, um, for, for my health. Uh, for swimming, having brought me that as well as a support network. So, uh, but anyway, so yeah, we've all had, let's say it's a few yeah, things cheers. going on. So cheers, yeah, cheers <laughs> to that. And uh, yeah, we look forward to getting back into the regular swing of things. Here with some guests coming up, but for now, even though a, a bit belated, we're still going to chat Olympics because we haven't had a chance to talk through Olympics as a group, and uh, the Olympics are a big deal. It will only happen once every four or five years or three years. All three. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, one if you went to the awesome. So, so John, tell us about the Olympics. Was it awesome? It was awesome. Come on now, everyone together, competing, people pumping up imaginary crowds after unexpected lane eight wins. Um, horrible. <laughs> coaching mixed relay decisions michael andrew not reaching past his head at the end of a 200 im i mean it was awesome i was pumped i watched every minute except for when i was at tim's wedding um of every everyone um so i, I loved it i thought there was a lot of good stuff i'm excited to talk with you guys about it because usually we have we talk about it like every day, but we haven't spoke much more than a few texts about it. So I'm excited to get everyone else's reactions. Yeah, I know. Me too. Uh, and so maybe we ought to just get right into it then. So there are a few things that we're going to hit on the Olympics. First is uh, everybody's favorite race. And then we're going to get into surprises of the Olympics. Um I think we'll do a little what we call pops and flops, like who, who had a great race and popped one and who uh, really flopped. We don't have to go that format if we don't want to. And then uh, we'll also get into standout male and female swimmers of, of the meet. Uh, and then we'll just go wherever. So why don't we start with that? And Meg, what was your favorite swim of the meet? My favorite swim was the men's 4x200 free relay. I figured and so. Partly because I'm biased. <laughs> you had to get one But I'm not ashamed to say that it made me cry. I'm going to slightly blame it on the fact it was like 4am, but it made me cry. I, I expected it to be my favourite race going in, to be fair, because I had good hopes and I had high hopes for it, but I didn't expect it to be as great as it was, especially the fact that they were like 0.03 off the world record which was funny because then even when they, the BBC commentators thought that they'd like equaled it. So you could hear them as soon as like Duncan touched the wall, everyone was like, oh my God, oh my God, they've equaled the world record. And then they were like, oh, I know they haven't. So there was like a really small like instance. Everyone was like, oh, 
Oh, they have animals. I was like, what is? Why is nobody celebrating? They just won gold. It was brilliant. But that was definitely a bit joined with just the four by two hundred because well, not the four by two hundred, the men's two hundred free because I, I mean we got one two. one two. And Britain haven't had that in like I think it was like a hundred and nine years in a yeah. swimming event, which was crazy. Do you so, know? I mean, you know. Yeah. Dino came through and they were saying he was gonna and I mean Jesus Christ he came through like a rocket. Was that so, a surprise? Um, was that a surprise for him to go one two and in that order as well? Who who did we expect to have won that race before? I think I, I expected Duncan to win. I wanted a one two. I didn't think I thought that was still possible, but I expected it to be Duncan and then Dina just because of how everything's been going. Even like in the domestic meets, it's always been that like leading up for like the last year. Um, so I expected it to be Duncan, then Dino, but Dino got a ride with that, the Ch Chinese swimmer just going absolutely off on one in that first 175 and then managed to keep it going because he's still really fast in that last 50. I mean, obviously Duncan's coming back like a storm, but still managed to hold him off. So when they touched the wall for that one too, it was just brilliant. My dad came into my room, he was like screaming all over the place, even though it was like, again, like 4am in the morning. So yeah, it was definitely brilliant to watch. All right. I was surprised by, by that. I mean, the, no Americans meddled, uh, the Russians didn't medal. I thought maybe an Aussie would have got in there. I mean, you had a Brazilian come third. It, 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 that was a surprise to the one, two and a Brazilian. But yeah, it was a brilliant race. I agree. And the four by two. But I was expecting the four by two. That's why I was like, yeah, I got it. I, but yeah, you could, you got it. You have two, the one, two on, and then you got a one forty six guy, and and uh, yeah. You got Shout out to Matt Richards from our podcast on that as well because his last hundred was oh, I was screaming was, at my laptop. It was brilliant. That was killer. And I don't think many people would have picked Dino, but people have been talking about Dino on the show and over time for a while. So obviously he wasn't the favorite and he had a great trial. So we all were aware of him, but we've been hearing about him for a while. It's like, oh yeah, Dino's going to step yeah. up and boom. Let yeah, he finally broke out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. John, what was your favorite race? Uh, this was a tough one, but um, I alluded to it with my exciting uh, – rough uh analysis but that men's 400 free man i'm a sucker for an underdog or someone i've never heard of or expected this guy from tunisia in lane eight that none of us i confidently can say i've heard of before the olympics am i right never right never, never. never heard of and we freaking follow swimming i never heard of this guy i can't pronounce his name i'm sure ahmed Hoffano. I can't say any names. I'm so well, bad at it. Someone John's else. terrible at saying names anyway. So <laughs> so bad at saying names. Afnawi. How did he win that race? My man Ahmed pulling the win in lane eight and his excitement and reaction and walking around yelling at the imaginary crowd. <laughs> I had goosebumps there. And like I said, it was just a, a great Olympic moment for me. It was early on in the meet and it, that was like the – Boom. This is why this event is so great because the unexpected can happen from different countries and people we've never heard of. And like I said, I was pumped up after that. I was having a blast and it just set the stage for the whole rest of the meet. But that was my um, favorite race. 
Luke, what was your favorite race? Um, it's a race that I swam that most of us swam here. Um, Jonah Breast. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, the men's hundred free. The, the men's hundred free was just I, I didn't know where it would go. I had doubts on on some of how the the the, the favorites were swimming. To be honest, I shouldn't have. But I didn't know how it would turn out, and it it, it was uh, and it was so exciting down to the touch. Uh, you know how it played out, and it was uh, how they went out and how they came back, and and then you know Kyle just losing to Caleb, the defending champion, and then Caleb. His reaction was just such a outpouring of relief, of like you know, like was really like redemption to, to somebody we all think is the greatest swimmer in the world right now. And he still, you can tell, it's like, oh my god, it came out, and I can, I, 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 I keep all his work proved, and he proved himself. So just to see that, and to see how Kyle, defending champion, lost his 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 his, his championship, but still was so gracious and and great afterwards. So the race itself, super exciting for anybody who knows swimming, who swam the 100 free, who knows the tactics in 100 free, super exciting. And how did each of those guys reacted afterwards? Who, who came third? Oh, yeah, Kalisnikov, who was having an amazing race, who was charging down as well. So you had Kyle and, 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 and Clement charging down Caleb, who had gone out like a rocket, like, what do you go, 22-1 or something? 22-4, I think. 24? No, 3-23. 23? And then you these guys charging, and he holds on to win, and he let. Yeah, it was just the full drama of sports, something I related to, and I was so moved by that. I was screaming. I have to say that was the only race that I found myself yelling at the TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great race. Great. Yeah, race. I, I was so fired up for that one. It makes sense. I love swimming the hundred free. Passionate about that one. Yeah, that was an amazing race. All right, one, two, three, nine. He was out in that yeah. one. This one. Um, this one's tough for me. I made a list of them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the one since nobody said it. I'm just gonna say that um, the race of the meet coming in, I thought ended up delivering in the biggest way, which was the women's 400 free. Uh, you know, I I thought there's Great no race. it could not have delivered better. Uh, everybody thought Ledecky looked flat at trials and weren't sure if it was gonna be a bloodbath. Of course, all the Aussies were saying Titmus was going to blow her out of the water. The way that they swim the races just played out to the <laughs> best it possibly could have with Ledecky going out and, and having a big lead. And then we're all sitting here wondering, is Ariane going to pull her back? Is she not going to pull her back? Is Ledecky going to be able to hang on? And Ledecky delivering her second best swim all ever. The time. Yeah. And Ariane delivering her best swim ever. How could like that's one of the hardest things to do is to be able to show up at the Olympic Games. I was just talking to a, a Japanese friend of mine recently about Japan and their team's performance in the Olympics and how few best times they swam at the games versus what the typically what the American team does in terms of best time swam at the Olympic Games. And as we all know, that's always been the game for us who swam in the NCAA. All the talk that our coaches would always say is. Show up to the meet, go your best time. If you go your best time at the meet, you're gonna you're gonna do well. You're and 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 really you're gonna score points. You're gonna final. If you do that at the Olympic Games, in all likelihood, you go PB. You're gonna do some damage. It's the hardest thing to show up and do that. And um, in fact, I thought uh, Chalmers recently said uh, something really well, and in, in that he's been able to stand up in two Olympic finals and deliver his PB. 
And, um, you know, and, and that gives him the satisfaction of the silver medal, even though he lost that race, Luke. And so, um, you know, I just, you know, I know that it was Katie's second best time ever, but to be on, you know, not, I guess, past her prime in her career, you could argue, and to still deliver that performance in the 400 free with all the hype, man, I just thought, yeah, that one was, it was amazing. Obviously I was pulling as an American, pulling for Katie, um, but it was just a, as a fan of swimming, it was fun to watch that race play out. Yeah, she had a lot of proof after Worlds. After Worlds, you know, in 2019 was hard. And then she hadn't competed for two years of the COVID, a year and a half. You know, it was a form. It was great. But, Brian, I thought you were going to talk about the coach, the coach reaction at the end. <laughs> He's a character, but I don't care. I'm there lots of swimming. I don't need to see Dean humping the wall. <laughs> one, one note, none of us picked a world record race. Right. And this is me kind of like – we, we talk a lot about ISL, and we have ISL coming up, and maybe we'll do another show or talk more about it in depth another time. But it is the races and the buildup and the unexpected that that I think we like. And it, I know summers we, we always say, oh, it's all about the times, it's all about the records and all that. But none of us picked the world record here. No. Well, there weren't too many to pick from. <laughs> there weren't, but still, there were some. There were a yeah. few. And we'll yeah. get into that, but I just – I, th- I found that interesting because I was like, yeah. when I was when you sent out the list of uh, things for us to talk about, I was like, this really was my favorite race, and it was not that good a time in the far under free. Exciting and unexpected, and like I said, I think, and and Luke's been saying it for a while. I think Brian as well, just like the build up at ISL and building the storylines and all that make swimming exciting. So I'm excited to see how. Um, they can carry that over next year, but um, yeah, the hundred free, the hundred free did was very very fast. Then sixteen oh, guys go forty sevens together or something like that. Oh, it was it was we expected it to be very fast. Some events were fast and then some were slow. I mean, the, yeah, the four yeah. a.m. final was so slow, so slow. <laughs> I would have been like the two fly. Go Carson final. Foster, baby, go Carson Foster, right? Where, if you swam the two fly at the Olympics, you made semis for men. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was the first. Um, all right, so we're going to move on to surprises of the meet. And are you guys ready for pops and flops? All right, Luke, give me, a, give me a surprise of the meet. And if so, like, who who did well that you didn't expect? Uh, well, the surprise of the meet was what John mentioned, Ahmed. Uh, I, that was uh, a kind of swim, and we've all seen somebody go out, <clears throat> Chad, and go out and just try to hold on. I'm like, okay, you're just gonna, the guy's going to go out and hold on, and I, 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 it's going to be terrible. We know what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. It's not happening. Okay, wait, he's still keeping his stroke, his stroke long? All right, he's got 100 more. This is it. He's done. Wait, he has legs? Wait, he's, he's breathing to the right? The, the, he won? Everything about that the entire race, I kept like – Saying, oh, that's a nobody. And he was so long and gangly. So Ahmed's 400 free, to me by far, was a surprise of, of the meet. Close second, Jacoby. But yeah. Can I just mention while you're talking about it, like the surprise of the meet, to call it the surprise of the meet? I mean, I know that we mentioned his name on this podcast, Ahmed Hafnawi, and we should get to know it because he's the Olympic yes. champion and he's here to stay. Mm-hmm. Young guy. Um, I certainly hope that he's got a long and prosperous career. But when I was making notes for this earlier today, I was going, I just put 400 free guy. See that like say no more about how big of a surprise he was to win Olympic gold. That's crazy. That happens so rarely too, that somebody just comes from completely off the grid. 
and a country like Tunisia. And period. He was the mic drop off the grid. Nobody's ever heard of him. No doubt. And no his doubt. reaction. I think, uh, oh, it was it was great. Best, unlike broadcasting over like here. We all agree. All right. <laughs> <laughs> unlike broadcasting over here. They were like going through like each person, you know, when they do like the lineup of like who's in the final, and they just missed him out because they were like, oh, he's not, he's not going to win, so he's just on the side. And then suddenly, like, the, you could hear the broadcasters were like scrambling to get all the information together. So they were like, who on earth is this guy? But uh huh. All right, Meg. So what do you think was the biggest surprise of the meet? And if you have it, uh, who uh, who really stood out, popped one? I mean. Same sort of thing, but I guess if we're going on the other side, you've mentioned you mentioned Jacoby Luke. I was very excited for her to come back on that last fifty or well, last twenty meters, whatever she's doing. I think I was going into that event expecting Showmaker probably to win, and I I mean I don't really know Lydia Jacoby that well, so I was like, oh, well, I don't think anybody really does. She's ridiculously young still, isn't she? I mean. And then for her to be like, okay, is, is, is Lily King going to come back? Is she going to come back? And then I saw Jacoby and I was like, oh my God, what is she doing? So I was very excited for her doing that. I felt, and then I felt bad for her when the whole four by 100 mixed um, happened. But just to think that she had that, that 100 so cleanly in the bag, I think she was so surprised about it as well. Yeah. John, what about you? All right. Well, like I said, to keep it, keep some new things going. I'm gonna go with the women's 800 free relay as a surprise. As a surprise. Um, oh yeah. So we had yeah. China pulling the win. Didn't see that coming. I thought Australia was gonna get it. U.S. getting second and Australia getting third. And Australia had a great meet. I think this is one of their few misses. In all honesty, obviously coming into it, their reputation in the last maybe two Olympiads has been them choking. At the Olympics, despite having world's best times, great trials, and all this, um, and this was like I said, no, no, not throwing salt on Australia here, but this is one where once again we thought they were going to do well, but China stepped up big time, got the win, and won pretty handedly, and then the U.S. a surprise getting second as well with Ledecky putting together a great swim and just a well balanced team there. So that was uh, my biggest surprise of me. Um, and to stick with the relays, I got to go with the U.S. mix medley relay order as the flop. Um, <laughs> I don't know who – I don't know if they didn't have a calculator or what was going on or if they were just trying to conserve people too well or put people on their who best. Made that call? Justify these decisions. And it's simple arithmetic when it boils down to it. Um, you got to put the biggest differences – there and i don't know i just i just couldn't couldn't get it and the tough thing was they all swam well on that relay they all went pretty good times the four people it, yeah. it looked like they swam like crap because you expected them to be up there but they all had good swims even with uh i don't know meg, meg can you say her the breaststroker's name again i like it when you say it better than i do <laughs> lydia jacoby there you go i mean she had her goggles <laughs> down on her cheeks and she's really still like a little slower than her individual time mm -hmm. oh, that that relay was uh tough not not against the sword uh, uh moving on john you look good when you're wearing your readers yeah <laughs> hey uh yeah i agree i mean i think uh well you know it's been said that the the U.S. coaching staff and some of their relay decisions and leaving Caleb off the – I'd really love to be a fly on the wall in the discussion to leave Caleb off the 800 free relay. Um, obviously, he delivered five golds. You can look back at that and go, well, uh, 
you know, good decision because he delivered five goals. And what are people going to remember from this games? They're going to remember, um, you know, they're going to remember Caleb's five goals. And uh, we'll get to Emma McKeon a little bit later. But um, so I, I think I'm going to I'm going to take some liberties here because uh, I got a list. But um, so a biggest surprise of the meet for me. Gosh, uh, a couple of them have been said already, but uh, Evgeny Rilov, I did not expect him to win double gold in the backstrokes. I thought he had he had the swims of his life to win two golds. Um, and uh, I know he's one of the best backstrokers in the world. That's not a huge surprise, but man, was anybody picking Rilov to win double gold? It seemed like he may have been past his prime by a few years. Uh, and for him to show up and, and win twice, uh, I, I just did not expect that at all. Um, and I'm going to give an honorable mention here, too. Um, I don't think this is a big surprise personally because I've seen him swim in college and we've all seen what he did in the yards pool. But I think the rest of the world didn't expect Bobby Fink to show up and win uh, win, win the 800 free in the way that he did. And, he then, did. Yep. and then to, to turn back around – I think that it's easy for the casual swimming fan to think that just because somebody has a big last 50 that in the 1500, he's just going to be able to produce that magic again. And like, that's not automatic. <laughs> and so, and, and yet I was still sitting there watching the 1500 after Bobby's performance in the 800 going, I can count on him to do it again. And then for sure he delivered it again in a bigger way. Yep. And I just like, man, nobody else, no one else in the world expected that. And I thought it's been a little while since we've seen a somebody show such promise. Well, that's not fair to say because Caleb did it and he showed promise in the yards pool and then it translated to the big pool. But sometimes we see people show promise in the yards pool and it doesn't necessarily translate in the big pool. And I thought, you know, like especially with distance swimming and man, uh, I, I thought that was one that really um, probably knocked some people in the world off of uh, their, you know, their kilter. When it well, came. it knocked Grant Hackett off. I was listening to Brett's show, and Brett had Grant Hackett commentate on the 1500. And mm. this all, it was a brilliant race. The three of them just went stroke for stroke. And, and Grant was, you know, kept saying, well, this is the point where I would do this. I would do that. I would do that. And nobody, and he didn't know anything about Bobby Fink. He didn't know he's a 14, 12 miler who broke that yeah. barrier down from a 14-20 miler. And, and, and Grant, when Grant saw what Bobby did, especially at last 100, if he came back in a 55 and a 25 last 50, that, 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 you don't come back in a 200 in that time. No. Uh, and, like, and some, Grant. some of the top guys that at least made semifinals would have been not back in 25-9. So it's free. And the hundred free, hundred free. There was a great start that, like Bobby, in his last like fifty, went like five seconds faster than Michael Andrews' last fifty in his two hundred. <laughs> five seconds. All right. All right. So a lot of people had him on the list, by the way, Michael Andrew, to be a flop. I'm going to say I don't think Michael Andrew flopped necessarily, but he didn't deliver what he did at trials. And I think that's going to haunt him a little bit um, as he moves forward in his career as to whether or not he's a pressure swimmer. Two things with, with the, what we've been talking about. One, are we going to talk about Murphy's comments about Ryloff? I'd love to hear your guys' reactions about the timing of it and your thoughts and views on it. And then two, with Andrew, the only flop for me is that he, 
he got slower as prelim semis finals and all that. I think, yeah, his race, yeah, he's going to die in the 200 IM. If you follow him, that's what he does. That's what he does. And with his meet schedule and all that, and he had a good I or 400 medley split, which I think saved it for me. If he would have gone a 59 on that, that would have changed this whole discussion, but he came through there. It was, that was the only flop for him in my opinion. Um, but yeah, would love to hear about Ryloff and Murphy's comments. Okay. I heard it was taken out of context. I heard that it was taken out of context, and 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 he was actually in praise, and 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 not talking about Rylov in particularly. He was just making a general comment about all the athletes, and he had nothing against Rylov. He was, and and they made up afterwards in the talk. It was not mm-hmm. specific. I think yeah. that only happened because Ryan realized that it was. I don't think that he originally intended that it was going to get as out there media attention as it did but i do think when he said it that he was targeting the russians um and a russian beat him so uh and a, and a russian beat him so i think it's uh, he's a smart guy there's yeah. no way that he didn't know that that's what he was intending to say he did it and then i think he was backtracking personally we have to remember why good. they competed as roc you have to remember why Okay. Yeah. Systemic yeah. doping could, cannot be stopped. So the Olympics took away their pride, at least. Yeah, Russia we don't know. Guys. We, don't know. we don't know about that. I'm not saying them. I'm, I'm not accusing, but I'm saying that that's where that's where it came from, the genesis. But on the doping thing, John, who's the last miler who came back in like a 26 and it's a 50? Oh. They mentioned it to the race. Soon Young, man. Soon Young. And we immediately assumed so Fink comes back in at 25 and he we like, oh, why how do you come back? With such speed after holding the, it, it's how do you do that? Well, yeah, and the 800 free uh, world record too. Didn't uh, Lin Zhang come back and something ridiculous too in that yeah, race? I think. Yeah. Uh, on to your other point about Andrew. I mean, he obviously knew that he was a second slower at the 150 than he had been at trials uh, yeah. in the tier I am. So it was like anybody who knows the splits knows, even though he's in the race, he's going to get walloped this last 50. Um, and that he's totally off, off, off even his best form. But again, I think like you know, hey, he still de- he still came through with a medal, and um, he didn't deliver on you know what everybody expected, but he still was in the finals of every race, and that's more than some other athletes can say. And so I, I don't take away that Michael Andrew like really flopped his first Olympic Games, but what I just hope for him is that he's able to. Um, you know, to, to grow and learn from this and co- to continue to get better. And he's proved us all and the whole world wrong for years and years. Uh, and I, I won't be surprised. I'm definitely not betting against him that he's going to make everybody, uh, you know, eat crow because of their picking against him because he flopped in the Olympics. Um, okay, I'm going to finish this segment, though, because I didn't get to this, was who I think flopped. And because I get to do this, I'm just going to rattle off a few of them. So Diaceto, Elijah Winnington are both people that we expected to do amazing things and didn't show up, like completely didn't show up. And then uh, my honorable mention is the Russian men 4x100 free relay. Oh, that was my own. Yes. Just didn't show up at all. And like On paper, man, they, I thought for sure those guys are going to challenge the U.S. for the win. I agree. Nowhere. 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 All right. All right, let's move on to swimmer of the meet for whatever reason, however criteria you want to categorize it, Dr. John. Oh, oh going first. So should I just go with the, with the obvious ones to get them off the board? I think there's whatever very, you want to do. I'll, I'll go with the clear male and female. Russell, overall, overall, the, the non-gender bias, and then we go male and female. Oh, overall, what do you think? 
I think that's an interesting question. I'll go with McKean, Emma McKean then. I thought she had uh, a great mate, very um, a lot of medals, a, a lot of different events, stepped up for various relays. Um, so she, she, I think, was my overall um, summer of the meet, personally. Um, obviously, she had a lot, of, a lot on her shoulders. A lot of people expected her to do well. But with Australia's history, um, the last few Olympics, I think she shattered that, did the job, and did it better than I expected. Um, so that she's my overall summer of the meet. Did she do best times? How many of those meets were PBs? I actually don't know. I mean, and to your point, you know, like, yeah, she just swam well enough and had, I don't know, it's interesting. Hmm. But to win the 50, the 100, uh, I mean, she looked on fire from the first time you saw her dive in the water. At yeah. trials, she looked on fire. Yeah. And her freestyle, particularly, right? Like, she's, yeah. you know, and not the one pretty well yeah I mean, silky's right. fast silky fast that's what i want to say it's, it's like a, it's like a pinel bloom kind of freestyle it's just, oh. silky. She looks so silky calm fast. About it all yeah. <laughs> silky fast it's like look i just realized you wear that shirt every podcast <laughs> i do <laughs> nine out of ten podcasts not everyone well, yeah, that's a uniform i swim in the same trunks when i swim so podcast yeah, the same trunks no we call it all right, wait, hold on. So Luke forced you into this, but John, who's your male overall? Five for five, Caleb. Would have loved to see him on the 200 free relay. Or 800 well, free relay, but... He's not five for five. It was five for six. Five for six. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but I, I think not doing that relay, I, I think it makes sense. I would love, like you said, to bit a fly on the wall or to see who made that decision, if it was Caleb's camp or if it was the coaching's camp, because um, obviously we didn't have a great swim from, from Apple, who, which I don't blame him, um, but I would have loved to see what he could have done. But I think uh, Dressel, he stepped up in almost all the all the areas that we needed him from. Actually, yeah. all of them. Even that mixed relay just was <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> You know, he totally delivered. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, there's there's a there's there's a gift that some people have to get their hand on the wall. Yep. And there's no, there's a gift that some people have. You can call it killer instinct um, that in the big moments they rise and that guy just knows how to get it done in the big moments. And you can't teach that. And uh not only, I mean, he's, a, he's an incredible athlete, but he's an incredible athlete that's also able to just get it done. And uh, I think, yeah, it's just fun to watch. It's cool. It's yeah. fun to watch. I think and we're lucky that he's, you know, he's an American and we can associate with him and he's continuing on this legacy of American dominance in swimming. And I think I might, we might not enjoy it as much if he wasn't, you know, selfishly, but, sure. um, you know, but yeah. He's fun to watch. That's awesome. And and like you said, that that men's under free was such a good race from everyone. That was so exciting. Um, so we expected that. But even the hunter fly, he had to go a great time because we didn't expect the two hundred flyer to be going that fast. We didn't expect anyone to be that close. And and like I said, Caleb still delivered. So like you said, he he delivers on multiple levels when it's needed. He has whatever you want to call it, killer instinct, can get the hand on the wall. So. He's my male swimmer. Meg. Overall. UK time. Let's hear it. Overall. Petey isn't even on it for me, I guess. I mean, as much as he's a legend, 
And I love him. He's not, I wouldn't say he was like my favorite overall swimmer. I think agreed like as an overall, overall man would be <laughs> Emma McEwen. She is just great to watch. I think she looks so calm doing everything as well. Like she was just so chill the whole meet. I, I just, she was brilliant. But so probably for women, Emma, same sort of points as John. But for men, again, by skin, but it'd be Duncan Scott for me just because I think he's so underrated in British swimming. Britain don't realise how great he is just because of his versatility on every event. The fact that he could have swum the 100 free as well and probably have made the final. And I mean, I don't know what time he might have done, but he's shown that he could have done well in that as well. He's just not like, and he, I mean, America is spoiled for choice, so you probably are amazed by this stat. But because he won four medals, he's the most um the most successful British Olympian at any single games just by winning four medals. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just, I would just really hope he gets the recognition that he deserves from it. I know obviously in his individuals, he only got silvers, but they were by such small margins. Like I don't count him out at all for the future and what he can do. And I think because they were silvers in his individuals, you know, he wanted gold and you know, he's pushing for gold. I think it's just going to make him hungrier for Paris. So I'll hope it does. I just got to shout out to the Brits uh, because to me as a team that stood out the most. I mean, the Aussies delivered a great Olympics too. They were, they had, a, especially on the women's side, they just had a lot of women that really delivered um, in a way that, you know, I don't know, I don't know anybody expected to, or especially not for as, as many medals as they ended up winning. But I thought the standout country to me were, were the Brits. It's just like, you know, whether, I mean, and obviously you're talking about Duncan Scott, I think that's a huge achievement, but between him and Tom Dean and the way James Guy swam yeah. on the relays and PD, it just, man, they they really had an amazing Olympics across relays and individual events. Yeah, there were so many, like, close calls as well. I mean, we had a lot of fourth places and, you know, I think there was a big conversation over here about the women, like the British women, because obviously it was only Anna and... Kathleen who got got a, a medal in the end but we had so many close finishes and I still think the women went out and still produced good times for the Brits I think that overall controversial to say maybe I think the women at the Olympics from other countries had stellar meets um, and I think the Brits were just were also doing stellar meets for the women I think they just weren't able you know sometimes you're on the other side of the fourth to get to the podium and I think the women just so happen sometimes to to unfortunately fall short of it. And who could have had a sleepier Olympic trials than the Brits? We all remember watching the live stream of the British Olympics. <laughs> and it was, it was like, like a Canadian beat. I'm like, yeah, Redbirds. Oh, 144s? Yeah. How did you get up and swim fast in that environment? So for everybody to make that team was uh, mm-hmm. a huge accomplishment. John, what were you going to say? I was going to say that Italy Italy also had, I think, a good Olympics. Mm. They had as many medals as China and Canada, which I didn't think going into it they would be with those countries. They just didn't get the gold. But um, the men had great races, like you said, maybe helped out from other team relays not doing as well. But um, they surprised me with as many medals as those other countries. Now nah, we only care about gold. Get out of here. Luke, you know, I, I, what does it mean? You, you can't not say Emma and, and then Caleb like for the reasons. Emma is the winningest, winningest, winning, most accomplished Australian um, athlete in Olympics ever, beating the great Ian Thorpe. 
I mean, winning ten, the most winning ten. You're winning ten. <laughs> No. So Emma and Caleb, absolutely, for all the reasons, knowing how to step up on the day to, to, to perform when you need to perform, to perform at the Olympics is rare. Fantastic versatility. But, like, if you look at it, you guys know Bud Greenspan is? Yeah, the Olympic historian who makes the films. Yeah, great. Exactly. He, he's got to make a film on Sarah Sostrom. I mean, what she did, guys, this was a clean break in, what, February? Clean break. Brian, you know that well. And she poof, came back and she silvered in the in the 53. She finaled in uh, maybe the 100, 300 fly. Yeah. Are you joking? She was always there. She and, and, and if Sarah Storch was next to you and she had just broken her arm a few months ago and she is finaling, all the strength you lose being out of the water for so long and to come back in those sprint events, sure she lose her conditioning with her strength. That is a heck of a story, and 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 so kudos to Sarah Sostrom, and I I I just know that it, ISL watch out. That's what I gotta say. When she gets strong, kudos, you got it. Uh, wait, hold on. So, uh, what did you say on the men's side? Uh, it's, it's it's Caleb. I mean, I mean, yeah. If if you don't pick someone else, if I want to pick someone else, it's like it's like uh, who's this guy? He wins. <laughs> Man, that was a sulky stroke right there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he wins. He has no expression. No expression. Milak. Oh, he literally didn't even cross his he didn't smile once. And he almost won a hundred. what did he go? 49 what? I mean, he did so Milak was he showed his potential, he showed his one to be great he shows that he wanted to break that world record in a two fly that's why he wasn't happy and he almost got the 100 fly so i was really impressed with how milak swam this young kid who's just gonna do so well and apparently he's just very quiet and down to it so yeah i, I was i was happy to see him swim well by that really? logic i think it was interesting for me to watch lily king swim this meet because you could say like lily king <laughs> didn't have the meet that she came to the olympics for and that's true but at the same time it's it's really hard to peak for two different distances at the same time. And I think that's another thing that the people that are really successful in it, that they 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 cause us to take that for granted how easy it is to be great at multiple distances. But the reality is when you're training for a hundred versus a two hundred, double those are like they're completely different uh, training mm -hmm. methods. And um, and I thought, like, similar to, to Milak, I was like, okay, well, you missed the world record in the 200. Um, and he, you know, was visibly not, like, that pleased with his time. But at the same time, my takeaway wasn't, oh, man, this guy's primed for the 100, to be able to pull out what he pulled out in the 100. And then I, but I just had the same feeling looking at Lily King was, okay, Lily wasn't as sharp in the 100 as she expected to be. But whoa, did she deliver in the 200? And I've wondered, I, I, I'd love to talk to Lily King because I'd, I'd love to ask her, you know, whether or not, like, if she knew going in that she had an option of a silver and a bronze in the 100 and the, in the, in the 200 and the 100 uh, versus a gold in the 100 and no medal in the 200. And by the way, that she would go sub 220 for the first time, yeah. which one she would pick. And I don't, I don't know what the answer to that would be, but I, I'm very, I'd love to know. So and they got beaten by a world record. 
Yeah, I mean, going sub 220, you talk about like satisfaction of a swimmer is, I mean, yeah, achievement, sure. But like going to best time means a lot. And like if you don't medal, but you still go a best time, there's a lot of satisfaction you take from that too is saying, hey, I, I did my best as I ever have. Um, all right, so let's see. I, yeah. I got a few. I mean, obviously, you know, we've mentioned a few of these, but I, so I am going to say like PD uh, to me, if, if we haven't picked him, Delivering back to back and continuing to be the best in the world by a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. at, like at this stage, and I would say like this is the most that he's ever been challenged to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, and and yet he still delivers yeah. and delivers in a big way too. I mean, people are getting closer, and it's and it's fair to say that like Petey might that 56-8 might have been his best. Maybe we already saw it. And I think that's a hard thing to realize as a swimmer. You never know that when your best time just happened. Like, you know, that you know, when you did your best time, but you don't know at that point that that's the fastest you're ever going ever to gonna go. Yeah. yeah. So like, maybe that already happened for Petey and he's still hanging on, but yet like, but he's still showing up and delivering. And uh, that just impresses me because it's not a simple thing to, to win back-to-back -back gold medals in the Olympics. Um, is, um, is, Split for like the men's four by one hundred relay medley was like the fastest uh, hundred breaststroke split of all time as well. They did like a really low fifty six. I don't remember what time it was. That's so a great still got that in the bag. Yeah, and by the way, what what relay was that? That was the medley relay, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, I think it was the men's medley. Yeah, and so <clears throat> I don't know what the difference was at the end. But I have to say that the U.S. nailed the relay starts and the Brits sucked at their yeah. relay starts in that race. It was weird because they did so well in like the mixed medley relay. Their starts right. were great. And then suddenly better. for the men's, I don't know whether they just went out of a bit of steam for the take. They, they were better. And I special shout out to Zach Apple, by the way, because his starts, his relay starts in this morning great. were amazing. He absolutely nailed the relay starts. Some people might say a little too fast, but I think that he was sharp. And when people are really dialed, when anchor relay swimmers are really dialed, I really love that. Mm. On the women's side, we already talked about McKeon, of course. Um, then I got a few for various reasons. Titmus, I thought, really delivered against the hype. Um, you know, there was pressure on her to beat Ledecky, especially after trials and after beating her at Worlds. But, you know, was she was that a fluke because Ledecky was sick? So I thought for her to come in and prove that she was like the best at those distances was was um, a big thing. I think in general, the theme for me is Australian women across the board delivered in a way that they hadn't previously, with the exception of the 800 free relay. Katie McKinney. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. the next one on the list is Kayla McEwen to back up the hype to, you know, uh, to break a world record at trials and then to show up and do it again and to upstage Reagan Smith. Um, and then uh, I don't know, like, I mean, I know that Tatiana Schumacher had been, you know, really uh, had had established herself as one of the best breaststrokers in the world pre previous to this meet, but still, um you know, one uh, women's world record individually on the books, and she's the one who got it. That's right, isn't it? She's the only one who got an individual world record on the women's side. Isn't that true? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I thought that was a really big deal and to, you know, really resurrect South African breaststroke uh, in a big way. And then, you know, I'm going to give my final final one to Ledecky for a three-peat in the 800. I thought a lot of people thought Ledecky looked flat and wasn't going to show up, and she still ended up winning two individual golds. 
um, in a big way. So shout out to Ledecky. Hey, Meg, uh, Brian mentioned PD. Um, you mentioned that, that Duncan Scott is not is underrated in, in Britain. Is PD is PD really um, heralded and known, and especially how good a dancer he is? Is he? Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely think he's coming up the ranks through like because obviously Britain what we had Becky Adlington was sort of I mean one of the main reasons that I got into swimming when I was eight and she was sort of heralded but then after after London British swimming didn't have best London 2012 um so I think PE coming through especially after 2016 to be fair it's really nice to see that he's he's sort of everywhere I remember I did like a I did like a workshop or something the other the other month and they were talking about if the Olympics had happened, who do you think would have been like the biggest British like team GB star? And it was so nice to see that all these people who didn't know anything about swimming were just putting PA. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm really like, I was really proud of him <laughs> to another guy, but I was like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he's definitely helping British swimming get out there, especially with his his new endeavors on the on, on the ballroom on the ballroom floor for this year, which is great. Those of you who are watching who don't know, Adam Peaty is not taking part in the ISL as far as we know this year. He's instead doing the Dancing with the Stars, but British version, Strictly Come Dancing, which I'm very excited for, because I love that show. We might have to watch it. It is brilliant. And I, I, I don't think he's going to be very good. I did actually ask Matt Richards. I was like, can he dance? And he was like, He's all right after a few beers, but um, on a ballroom, I'm, I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I wish we had a music drop right there that just said, we can dance, we can dance. <laughs> we can dance. But at least he's getting like the swimming out there because people, like the people who will watch it every week, it's on every Saturday and Sunday who are watching it will be like, oh, he's a swimming star. So In, in, in America, we had Natalie was on it. I want to say Lochte may have been on it. But that's it. Meg, I don't care until he gets on to the baking show. That's one I want oh, to just really up. <laughs> I don't care. You won't, he'd he have to do the celebrity one then. And that's not as popular as the celebrity one. I want him to be judged by Paul Hollywood on how good his Yorkshire pudding is. That's what I want to know. <laughs> All right. Uh, of, of the social kick guests we had, John, who was the one who you 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 was most excited about, and who's the one that you felt most painful? Like, oh shit, I wish you had done some. I know he or she. And which one you got excited of all guests that we had? Now that we kind of met them a little bit. Oh, uh, that's a tough one because we didn't even plan for this. But um, the yeah. one I was most excited for was probably Maggie McNeil in that hunter fly. Um, yeah. Maybe because that was like the first gold medalist that we had that I, that at least that I, I believe we had, and that was such a excited race. We knew a, it was going to be a fast race. There was a bunch of youngsters in it, and and she delivered. And she also, I think, has that ability to get her hand on the wall, like we were talking yeah. about earlier. She just somehow finds a way to win at these big races and and steps it up. So I think of all our guests. Um, at least off the top of my head, that's the one that I was most excited about. I was pumped for her. She was very fun to talk with. So it was, it was nice to see her uh, get a gold medal there. Uh, most disappointed. I don't, give me a minute here. I got to think about the guest a little bit more, maybe. Um, no one comes to mind, but maybe uh, just because they weren't doing well. 400 IM men. 400 IM men was so slow. I mean, 4-9 won it. We fought 4-7s. 
Yeah, and um, Lewis came. Lewis, 412 he went, right? Or 411 or something. Yeah, but he came seventh, right? Seventh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, that one. That one was a disappointment for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I, I feel bad for people like that. What? Why was that final so slow? I so I I have I have a theory about this, which is that um so I and I thought this was true for the U.S. team that across the board the first now well that this actually isn't just the U.S. team. I thought the first few days of the Olympics of swimming were uh, pretty flat. And then it, then I thought that it escalated throughout uh, the, the week. That's right. I agree. But, but I, so I morning finals were happening in Tokyo. And, you know, this happened in Beijing. But in Beijing, there, were, there was a big crowd. And I think that there's a big difference uh, between showing up in the morning and there being a big crowd with all the photographers and all the hype and a full stadium pact of people that makes you believe that what should be prelims is actually finals. And I think that that, that really takes a flat morning session finals and makes it a true finals because of all of the hype and the yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first few days of the Olympics uh, were really impacted the swimmers in a big way um, mm -hmm. to the point that I, I – I really believe that that was a huge impact of the 400 IM final. That was the first race, right? That was the very first final. That was the very 10, 15, yeah, I, think in it. I think they walked in at 10 a.m. and stood yeah. up with zero very people good. in the stand yeah. zero, and zero clapping or anything and said, this is the Olympics, and it was wide open. And I don't know if that's fair, but you know, it's it's got to be different when it's really quiet in the morning which we've all been in prelim sessions that are really quiet and yep. all of the Brits swim their entire uh, Olympic trials. That's <laughs> <laughs> crickets. And they showed up and it was dead quiet. And I, I just think, um, you know, that's a big adjustment. And for the first few days of, of the Olympics, I thought, I thought that was really impacting the swimmers until, until they started to get into the meet and see the emotions of other swimmers and see some teams have some cheering. And then they got into it. I, I think it's understated how much atmosphere can play into how well, uh, like the performance of swimming. And I think that that just like, unfortunately, really negatively impacted the first few days of this game. It probably helped Ahmed as well, because the 403 was the second final they had 20 minutes later. Yeah. And, and he's like, he believed he could do it, like you said. And it was wide open. He did it. Yep. Yeah. And every meet he swims is like that. Yep. And... Uh, <laughs> One person we haven't mentioned is Ohashi from Japan getting, like Brian said earlier, winning two different distances in the two and four M. Did you mention her earlier? No, but um, still not her best times, though. Still, though, I agree. I agree. It wasn't fast. It, none of them were that yeah. fast, but still, I think um, from the from in front of her home country um, in Japan, there winning two golds. Um, she also had a, a good meet or good showing. Just wanted to mention it. She did, but can we talk about the Japanese team as a whole? Oh, yeah. Men's I am. But you always see in the Olympics the the lift. We always talk about the lift of the the home games and what that does mm. for the home team, which we saw in Brazil, which we saw in London. Um, we did see in London, right? I mean, there was a, there was still a lift there, um, and uh, and we saw in, in Beijing with China. Uh, and I don't know if it always correlates to just swimming, but it's the, the entire um, Olympic team as a whole. But uh, for for this Olympics, the Japanese team, uh, especially in the swimming pool, 
to- like total dud. I mean, compared mm-hmm. besides Ohashi, um, I, it was it was rough. Yeah. The, 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 and I think a lot of that too was like you know the Dioseto just set the stage for yeah. it. It just spiraled from there. Yeah. I was gonna say I was I, I I was really moved by Erica Sullivan. Um, first of all, that fifteen hundred. Finally, we got to see women swim and event. They should be swimming. They should have swum for the last hundred years. But for Erica to be the first openly gay swimmer to make the US Olympic team, and then the first openly gay swimmer to win a medal. And to be proud and stand up. And then the way she swam that race, you, did you guys see how she came back on and, and she drove into second and she clawed away? Remember she said on her show that she was just in trials, that she was dying, dying, holding on to dead God, and she, she was so glad she touched the wall. This one, she just was so confident. And she was catching Ledecky a little bit at one point. So I was just, and how they came out and they supported each other, I, I was really moved by Erica, I must say. She definitely was, yeah, and she was she was closing quite uh, quite quickly, yeah. not just not just a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, no, that was a huge step, and I think a, a really meaningful step uh, for the swimming community and for the world community on the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you know, because I mean, just to be honest, like I've had gay teammates, uh, you know, before that you know that weren't out, and um, I think yeah. that it's yeah. really really helpful for uh, you know all future um, you know gay or LGBTQ uh, I. IA swimmers to have that sort of example to be able to look up to. So, um, you know, and, I, and she was, she's so awesome, <laughs> you know, so like she's an amazing ambassador for multiple communities um, that, uh, you know, that was, that was really special. Uh, I was disappointed that Katie Grimes didn't get a medal. Uh, I thought that would have been really neat to follow Thank up you. with. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. she had a good swim, but um, you know, it would have been really neat uh, to, to see that, although it was a good performance. Uh, just while we're sharing like kind of random stuff here, I think um, Caleb Dressel left a 4,800 fly on the table. Absolutely. I, I mean, Milak, everybody's pointing to Milak in that race. And yes, it was close, but it was only close because Caleb was so long on the turn and so long on the finish. And I'm telling you, that was a 48-9 swim. The, so the- long. So Why long. was that, Brian? Why is somebody such a perfectionist who criticized everything? What happened? What, what, what do you think happened? I mean, you, you don't know. You have to ask him. But what do you guys guess it was? Butterflies hard to time. <laughs> like short axis strokes are hard to time. Just like you have, um, it's it's really com- well. I mean, obviously, we could talk to Kara Toussaint about this because of uh, fifteen meter infractions. But like when you're papered, it's hard to know exactly when you're breaking out at fifteen because it's really different. You're rested. Your kicks are more powerful. Fifteen oh, meters yeah. feels different. The same thing is true in in a relay takeoffs. When you're judging somebody coming in, like it's a whole lot different to watch, you know, a 4,600 freestyler coming in than it is a 4,900 freestyler coming in or slower. And so, you know, when it, it's, I think it's just like judging these things is a little bit different at speed. Um, you know, and I think, I think Caleb was just in that spot where, you know, he just had that one swim where his athleticism and the rest of the swim was incredible, but he just, Totally off on the turns, and it, that happens more often on short axis uh, strokes than it does on long. So, I mean, I think I was, I was both, like, it was kind of, it was so amazing that he came out with a world record in that, and it's amazing for somebody to break a world record and not even be that enthused about it because Caleb knows it, and you know, and uh, yeah, I don't know, I'm excited though too because like now he's shown that he can go 48 and 100 free, and similar to our talk about Petey going 56 eight. That swim looked really perfect, 
But man, do I hope that at some point we get to see Caleb go 48 and the hunter fly. Um, and I hope that we didn't just see a would-be hunter fly slide by. And I think he just he gets excited still, like leading off that um, the the first relay. He just sometimes just he still goes fast, but he just gets so excited. And I think he's going so fast in the water, like Brian said, it just makes it tough to judge, and he gets lost in the moment. And it just you know, hey, you're just racing, you're competing, and sometimes you end up between these strokes. And like Brian said, it's a tough one to judge in butterfly. But yeah, that was an amazing swim. I have, a, I have another one going off that as well. The um, women's 200 fly was a lot faster Ooh. than I expected it to be in that final. Uh, 203. She, yeah, Zhang um, did a 203. So he put it to like the second fastest performer of all time, which is behind that ridiculously fast 201. I was expecting like the the final to be about the 205, which is what, yeah, second and third did. But to pull out a 203, it was like an Olympic record. It came out of nowhere. I thought it was brilliant. And That's she great call. podiumed on the 100 by as well, didn't she? Mm -hmm. yep, That's a great call. She was great. Yeah, amazing. And I, you know, what I, I really loved about the way that Zangy faced on that is that she just goes out mm -hmm. so hard and yeah. hangs on. And to do that in butterfly is, especially the 200 fly is so hard to do. Um, I mean, you mentioned Chad Lacroix already, uh, Luke. Uh, that was, that was really, I don't know. What's, what's the female equivalent to ballsy? I thought that was a really ballsy swim. Whatever that is on the women's side, you let me know. But I thought it was a ballsy swim. <laughs> Especially when he's done it several times. He knows what he's putting himself up against. And as he gets older, there's no need to be worse. And he knows what is coming. I'm not talking about Chad. I'm talking about Zang. We well, know Zang Chad dies. We know that's what he does. We're talking. We're celebrating the women. Quit mansplaining. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great swim though. And, and hey, American bias, we got second and third. Good swims mm. on our part. But yeah, that 203 um was a great swim and still highlights how ridiculous the 201 is though, because she looks so great with so that 203. Off, yeah. All right, I gotta talk about that the men's 50 free and 100 free world records still stand. How long is this gonna stand? Listen, first of all, Manadu gets gold, silver, silver. Unbelievable. I mean, you're talking yeah, about, I mean, it, over the period of nine years, he's still one of the top 250 in the world. Amazing. Is that the and first time? Got, got faster. Ever, is that the huh? first time somebody's ever medaled three Olympics in a row? No, Gary. Gary got silver, gold, gold. Silver in 96, 2004. Right. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Sorry, Gary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that is incredible. It really incredible. is. Incredible. Yeah. But yeah. That, that hunter free. Gosh, they are so close. Even Klesikov was close. And so, like, they're all sniffing around it. They just can't, can't get that record. They're yeah. so close. I thought, yeah, do you it, think it'll be? Do you think it'll be one of those things that as soon as one person gets it, everyone's going to get it? Yes. Hunter free for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's, I think that's a great call. Mm. The like the same race people could go under it. Like, I mean, these guys are so close already. There are five people who can do it, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, there's, there's five people. There's, there's the Russian, the Aussie, the American. So I think that's true in the 100. 
but it, I don't think that it's true in the 50. No, it's not one even close. Not even close. Is that sad? 21.5 was second place. Was that right? 21.5? Is that right? Yeah. 21.5 has always been the second place since, since like Beijing, I want to say not, but probably. Yeah. And by the way, I thought that race to me really cemented my position on Michael Andrews Olympics because mm-hmm. Michael Andrews came fourth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for now, was it his best time? No, but for Michael Andrew to be able to have the performances that he had in this meet and to have a bit of a down meet to show up and still scare the medals uh, in the fifty, I mean, the guy's just swimming such different events. It's got to be hard to taper for, like we already talked about. He's focusing on the two hundred, but can swim all the way down to the fifty, and yet people swim their entire lives. Focusing on one event, especially yeah. in the 50. And he came yep. so close to meddling. And yet he was finaling in the other. 5 100s off of silver. I really, I really thought like, okay, if he can meddle in this in this event, every everything else goes away. And so I felt really bad for him that that medal didn't come through in the 50 because I think that now I think that changes the tone of like the takeaway of his Olympics. But he's still an Olympic gold medalist, so and by the way, I'm 100% in his corner. Um, they, have, they have the presence of mind and maturity to put all that behind you. They put seven days of competing and, and you know, behind you under pressure in the press and asking questions. Step on those blocks and, and they only sleep the night before or even during. And because you got to sleep the night before the finals, right? And yeah. Get, it, yeah. What a mature, well rounded guy to, to perform like that. That's all right. What else? What, what else do we say have to say about the Olympics? Uh, fortunately, we only have three years to go until the the next one. Even though, of course, I'll watch the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. Did I, I have, what, no, go ahead, man. What, what was everyone's best reaction? Because there were some good reactions. You've already mentioned Maggie, John. That was a good one. Showmaker. I want to say Annie Laser in her two hundred breaststroke because her reaction mm-hmm. just made me smile. Because she was just so pumped. I think she was more pumped almost for sure, maker for getting the world record, but there were some good reactions. Yeah, the end of the 400, Dressel mm-hmm. crying after the 100 free, just like, God, yeah, this guy well, doesn't well, the weight well, of the well, world on him or the weight of the swimming community. You could just yeah. see it like, yeah. geez, the botched. Uh, uh, the first night uh, Chase's uh, reaction the 4 a.m. during this interview when he's sitting down and they couldn't connect like his uh, family and him. Yeah. I want to call that reaction, but that was odd. <laughs> Imagine like, I'm done. I'm not talking. Mm-hmm. I'm, he's just like exhausted and they're trying to connect him. So I don't know. There was some interesting ones on, on my, my end. What do you guys think? Brian, I don't, I, I, I don't remember if he's your, he was your teammate at one point, but to, to get beaten into third place and still hug the block, sing the anthem, cry, Bruno Fratus, it just showed, again, redemption. So it was just, it, that was very powerful to show what that meant. And, 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 and he won bronze. He didn't lose the gold. And he won a medal. And that's why we always say you win a medal. He won a medal. So, Bruno... Right. Isn't that interesting, the psychology about silver medalists and fourth-place finishers? Right? The happiest people in the world are the gold medalists and the bronze medalists. That's true. Yeah. A gold medal. That's true. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Now, now I think in that setting, Bruno would have been the happiest person in the world with any color medal for sure. 
Um, no, he was never a teammate of mine, but I do remember an interaction that I had with Bruno, uh, in Auburn when he first came to train there. Uh, and I was, and I was, uh, I think still, I was definitely still swimming, but I was there. Uh, I had been training at some, somewhere else at that point. And I remember Bruno talking to me about his philosophy on how he surfs on top of the water and he thinks about your body as a surfboard. And so you stay completely rigid and he thinks about rotating, you know, his shoulders around the surfboard. Um, but uh, like another takeaway that I had was just how, Oh, how passionate this guy was about the sport of swimming and how um, invested he is in other people and their success too. And uh, man, uh, the outpouring of love for Bruno could not be more um, d deserved. Uh, you can see that he's the type of person within the swimming community that everybody just uh, wholeheartedly loves. And um, God, that's a special person, isn't it? For you to have no enemies and for everybody in the community to just uh, wish you well and to be so proud of, of who you are. Think about how many examples we have of people that had that takeaway of Bruno's bronze medal. So um, yeah, really, really amazing moment. And um, I think really, Luke, that captures the, the heart of the Olympics uh, and the Olympic movement is um, the moment that Bruno Fratus had in that meet. So uh, yeah, really, really special to see. So and what does he have? Like 70 sub 22, 53, 93 or, or something, 93, like just an insane oh uh, amount and consistency. So How yeah, hard is that to do Brian. Amazing. 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 You've done it a handful of times, Brian, to break 22. I don't know. You've done it once. I did it one time. Oh, I thought you did more because you went 21, seven, right? I went 21-7, and I did it one time, and Bruno's done it 93 times. <laughs> How do you do that? I have no idea. I guess you surf on top of the water. No, you have a, a tremendous work ethic and a tremendous consistency. It's unbelievable. It really is truly unbelievable. Uh, the work, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I don't know what else to say. It's so fun to be able to watch this uh, once, you know, watch the Olympics once every four years. Uh, I'm trying to think about it that way because I just love watching elite swimming and you can have a fast race or your best performance of your career at any point. It doesn't have to be in the, in the Olympic year. So I'm looking forward to watching, you know, this fall in the ISL and watching some people for, for sure in the ISL this, this, this fall, people are going to have the best swim of their career. And we might not know it, but they'll remember it that way. And then, um, you know, fortunately for us, we only got three more years to get to the Olympics. So I'm curious to see what the impact that has on some of the people going, hey, three sounds like less than four, so I'll stay. That's right. And others that might not. So I look forward to, to getting into that, some of that talk uh, on ISL the next time uh, with you all. And, um, yeah, gang, we're, we are remote, a remote, a fully remote crew now. But um, – the swimming world connected us. It'll keep us together. And um, we're excited to be back with you. And we'll see you again uh, next time around uh, here soon. So I uh, hope you all enjoyed the Olympics. And um, good to see you again. Cheers. That's it for this episode of the Social Kick Podcast. Later. Later. Good stuff. See you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at The Social Kick Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website at thesocialkick.com.